This is Tony. And this is Andy. And this is Yen's and that. Hi there. What's happening, brother? Not much. Not much at all. What's happening with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Okay. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Yinzenat, the podcast. We're actually looking into getting Yinzenat the toilet paper, pumpkin spice, of course, for the season, and all kinds of other stuff. You can look in our Etsy shop that we don't have yet. Right. It'll be on the way once yes. we get the agreements in place. Do you know how difficult it is to get the ins and that flamethrower? There are all kinds of hoops you have to jump through because of legal reasons and blah, blah, blah. This is America. If I want to have a flamethrower with my logo on it, that is my God-given constitutional right. I completely agree with that statement. I, I definitely would like to get my name and, you know, our logo on a flamethrower. Who wouldn't like that? I exactly. don't know anyone who wouldn't like a flamethrower as a gift. Right. It's the perfect Christmas gift for your young teenagers. Like think 12 to 16 year olds running around out in the yard with their flamethrowers on Christmas morning. It's basically a Christmas miracle. Just think, okay, you get your child a flamethrower. What's the first thing they're going to do with it? I mean, I, I kind of want to get one just to do this for when it first snows. When it first snows, I want to take a flamethrower and just whoosh, whoosh, go over the driveway. My driveway's now done. I don't have to shovel shit. Right. Who doesn't want to do that? And, and to get one for your kid, you will, I guarantee they will fucking shovel that fucking shit every time if they're using a the flamethrower. Forget the shovels, forget the snowblowers, you get them a flamethrower, and they'll be up and down the neighborhood earning money like a good capitalist entrepreneur to melt all the snow on all of the neighbors' uh, driveways. And then yeah. to celebrate, they could take entire bags of marshmallows and make s'mores in the backyard with their Yinzanat flamethrowers. I mean, seriously, it, it will pay for itself just in, you know, the shoveling of the driveways. You know, you eliminate that shit. Okay, here's 20 bucks for fucking flamethrowing my driveway and not setting my house on fire. Thank you very much. And it doesn't just have to be a winter activity because, you know, right now you're kind of in the throes of it. Autumn, fall, the leaves all come down and the kids are out there. They're raking the leaves into piles. Why throw them into garbage bags? Why give Home Depot and Lowe's more money so that you can put the leaves in a paper bag and then have the garbage man haul that off when you mm -hmm. can just light that pile up on fire with the yins and that flamethrower. What's yes. more fun? We're, we're going to definitely look into this flamethrower business because it will, it will pay for itself. Absolutely. And I can't think of any way that idea can go wrong. No, no, not at all. It's a win-win for everybody involved. I completely agree with that. And I'm down. We're looking into it. I think the U.S. military creates these things. So it just means we have to get in to a little bit of bribery in order to have them make this for us. And then, you know, the first box of supplies happen to fall off the back of the truck. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that, that's how this stuff works. I looked into yeah. it. There are movies all about this. So anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Andy, along with... Hey, that's me. I'm Tony. And we are here to bring you episode 25 of Yins and That. Um, it is 25. So, you know, we get perks on driving, like a good neighbor, State Farm, 
No. Don't use State Farm. I use Erie. It's not that anyone cares. Ah, boo. Who do you use? Geico? Uh, uh, I did. Now I think it's Flow. Oh, progressive? Yeah. Flow, Flow and Jamie and Mara are my insurance agents. Yeah. Because- how often how often do they show up though? You know, seriously. Uh Jesus Christ. Flow like every other weekend. Jamie every so often, not too often. I mean, he sits around and plays video games with me. So it's more like online connection rather than in person. But Flo like stands outside the window and kind of peers in. She's really needy like that. Mm, but yeah. Mara, just a name on the paper, never gave a shit about anything. So she never shows up. Which one is that? Is that the one with the, the other weird voice that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. like her. She's the, one that does, she's the one that doesn't care. She's like, I'm here. It's a job. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I had... Uh, when I worked up in the Warrendale area, right across the street from Erie Insurance and had lunch with a couple of those guys. And uh, yeah, there was a reason I never used them. And that's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to get into spokespeople, you know, at all, I mean, Flo is so recognizable. Do you have like a favorite spokesperson or one you had like a crush on or anything? Wow, put on the spot without any preparation. I mean, usually I don't prepare for anything anyway, but this is kind of an out of the left field question. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not, none come to mind at the moment as far as, hey, I like watching these commercials or listening to this person try to get me to buy shit. Hmm. Well, I will say I do have a little crush, or well, maybe a little, maybe a big crush on um, the AT&T girl. Ah, uh, Milana, Milana Vaintrub. Milana Vaintrub. She is, yeah, yeah. She would be my um, promotional crush. <laughs> she is a kick-ass comedy writer too. Yes. She's, she's really funny and she, you know, is easy to look at, so. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I know that recently she had some some people bashing her on Instagram or whatever. It's like people need to stop bullying other people. And, you know, just because there's the Internet and it gives you a voice doesn't mean you have to use it to fucking make everyone else feel bad. We all feel bad. okay? well, yeah, I mean, the people that are going to go on to social media, whether that be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter to tear other people down they have a clinical condition where they can't Mm -hmm. feel good about themselves unless they tear other people down. So it is absolutely okay to ignore them. Mm -hmm. Sure, They can whine and blah, 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 and try to cancel culture all they want. At the end of the day, their noise on a social media outlet that takes anybody like, Ooh, discover card. They're an exclusive club called anybody like, they can cancel culture all they want. At the end of the day, their lives don't matter. They're doing nothing. Hey, They're all lives right. matter. <laughs> no, no, I, I disagree <laughs> with that heavily. Uh, funny. Um, okay, but just step back one second. Because you, yeah. you mentioned Discover, okay? And the thing is, like, they're, you know, they always, you know, say in those commercials, Discover, you know, you know, you, you can use blah, 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 anywhere to discover is, is, is accepted. Okay. The, the fact is that not a lot of places use discover. There, there are yeah. a lot that don't. Well, yeah, so I it mean, can't be that, that was, good. That was the origin of that joke. That was from family guy where yeah. they create their own Italian restaurant 
and somebody comes in and asks for, do they, do they take Discover card? And Peter yells back to Lois, hey, do we take Discover? And she says that, oh, Discover, that's an exclusive club called Anybody. And then he comes out and says, I would rather take just a bunch of random things, like a jar of pennies than your fly-by-night credit card. And it's because that, that's why nobody takes that credit card anymore, because it was given to anybody who signed up for it, regardless of what their credit rating was, which means they are using the Discover card and then never paying it. So Mm -hmm. their credit's in the toilet, but Discover's creditors never went after them. So the end result is it's a broken promise, which is why nobody takes Discover anymore because they're a garbage company. Yeah, but the one good thing about Discover is it's, (laughs) and it makes me sad, it's an official sponsor of the NHL. Uh, the NHL will take anybody. It's the same yeah. same thing. NHL, if you give them $50 and a promise for like a picnic on a Sunday afternoon, they'll put your name on the ice because that's money they can use to, to pay for Bettman's toupee. Yeah. Sad yeah. about his toupee. <laughs> maybe people aren't booing him. They're booing the toupee. Or maybe they like the toupee too much. They're just booing him because... The toupee is on him and and not like free to be somebody else's toupee. Right. Yeah. It is latched into this lifetime of servitude to Gary Bettman rather than being free to choose whoever's head it gets to adorn. That is an interesting, interesting concept. And I think we should dedicate an entire episode to investigating that specific phenomenon. Okay. We can, we could look into that. Yeah do some research, some undercover investigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, this is, it'll work. I only, if we get costumes like the beastie boys did in the video sabotage, when you have the seventies look and the ties and the, you know, briefcase. And I want to, I want to do that kind of, but you can't just have one. See the trick to this is being able to portray different characters with different wardrobe changes. Mm -hmm. So we've got the beastie boys sabotage. We've got the two guys in a trench coat. Okay. So that, that one, obviously that's like a last ditch effort. Cause you know, who's going to believe, you know, an eight and a half foot monster coming at you and asking, it could be intimidating. Sure. But I think the believability kind of drops a little bit there. We could each dress like a specific snapshot in time of Elton John and try that as well. Like to get the dazzle, the sparkle and dazzle. So, I mean, there are a whole lot of different ensembles that we can work with to go undercover mm-hmm. and accomplish this. I'm game. Yeah. Let's do this. Although, which version of Elton John would you be? Uh, I would go with either uh, Donald Duck or Queen Elizabeth. I mean, I'm, I'm working on that, you know, COVID fatness. <laughs> so I could probably pull him off right now somewhat soon. Although... Isn't he, is he bald now? I don't, I don't know, but that's one thing. I, I'm not shaving my head ever. I have a weird oh, bump cap. in the back of my head. No, fuck yeah, that. Just wear a skull cap. <sighs> Who's going to know? Cap. I mean, it's undercover. <laughs> I think most people can spot a skull cap. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think we have the budget for somebody with the, the expertise that could make a skull cap look like, like my actual head is shaved. If, if we can't do that, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Somebody can try that, but I'm not shaving my head. Fuck no. I did just get my hair cut for the first time in months. 
I've only had my hair cut like once, no, twice now in like the last two years. And it shows Grizzly Adams. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you, if you got to the point where you might need a toupee, would you actually ever wear a toupee? No. No? Nope. You, you've accepted fate? I have accepted fate, and it's getting there. It's getting there quicker than I would like. And I have already come to the conclusion that it's going to go down to just chrome dome. Yeah. I've got a weird shaped fucking head. Let's just put that out there. Mm. And I know that shaving it is like the last ditch option, but it beats every other possible option. Like to pay. No, they mm. are all screamingly obvious unless you pay like $50,000 for one to get it professionally done and fitted and all of that. And, I could buy a fucking luxury car with that money. I'm not attaching that much money to my own bruised ego because I'm going bald. Hey, guess what? Surprise. Lots of guys go bald. Lots of guys look good bald. I'm probably not one of them, but I don't give a shit. Like, what do I have to lose? Who am I going to impress? Yeah, that's Nobody. true. Now, Holly has bitched at me and said that we're going to go the Rogaine route or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's... That is money that is wasted because I'm not that attached to my hair. Case in point, when it gets long and shaggy, I fucking cut it myself. <laughs> she just comes I thought that w- out the back. I thought that was just because you're a cheap ass. <laughs> yes. And, and that is both, actually, because I have nobody to impress and I'm incredibly stingy. Every so often I'll go and get it professionally done because after about a year, a year of trying to cut your own hair, you tend to fuck it up. (laughs) Not me, not me, but other people will just, we'll just say other people might going to get it professionally done by somebody who does this for a living, cleans up all of the weird edges and strange growths and make it look kind of socially acceptable. My, my hair, the problem with my hair is it's, it's longer, which is good. I like it. But it's also, when it gets longer, it gets more brittle, where when it's shorter, it's like thick and it's just like, yeah, you know, but then it starts getting thinner as it gets longer. And so then when I'm walking, it feels like I'm, I got like this light fluffy hair, just kind of like, you know, being all goofy and that annoys me. But I have this weird fucking like bump on the back of my head and if I ever go bald, like that point is going to be sticking up and I am not going to be happy. I'll tell you that. And yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same thing. Like I've got scars on the back of my head from when I was younger and doing stupid shit. Once it all gets shaved, that's all going to be visible Mm. now. So here is why I am not going bald just yet because I can let my hair grow out a little bit until it's annoying and shaggy. And you know, like Scott Pilgrim, I just put on a hat, which looks weird in Florida wearing kind of a winter hat, but it's, it'll suffice. I can get away with like four months of not getting a haircut or trimming my hair because I don't care what I look like. It's, it's not all that different. It's just uncomfortable for me. If I yes. go and shave my head, instead of my once every two month, three month, you know, manual trim by myself, now I have to actually maintain that. I have Mm -hmm. to make sure that I keep up the chrome dome look. And that is a whole lot more effort than I care to put into my own appearance. Hmm. Yeah. I am guilty of one thing when it comes to like appearance wise, I've had some gray hair since I was 19 years old. Blame the genes for that. (laughs) 
So uh, I, I have dyed my hair. I mean, I've dyed it since I was 16, like just random colors and stuff. I, I was always okay with, with all that shit. I, so like, that's one thing I still do just because I, I can be George Clooney, not that I will ever look like George Clooney, but if I want the gray, like, you know, salt and pepper look, you know, I can, I can pull that off eventually. I don't want to pull it off yet. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be there yet. You know, I'm, it's going to be a gradual thing. Cause like, I'm going to slowly like, you know, do it less and less, you know, but I don't, I'm not ready to be fucking looking like Santa Claus. So, so that's one thing I do. So today I went to the chiropractor and I was, I was there getting my adjustment and they had just gotten a massage therapist there in the office, which makes me extremely fucking happy because my insurance doesn't necessarily cover getting massages. But if you're paying to a chiropractor that comes out of your HSA account, you know, then it, then it works for me. So I got a little bit, I, I just got like a chair massage today, which it felt great because I was having neck issues and it's starting to get like a headache. So I wanted, you know, you know, they adjusted me, I felt better. And then they did that. And, and the girl that was giving me the, the neck massage, she's like, holy shit. <laughs> and like, you're like, you're like so fucking tight in your neck. And it's like, oh yeah. Like my neck and shoulders are always extremely, extremely tight. And she was kind of making fun of me, but nothing I could do. Uh, so they also have 60 minute, 90 minute massages. So I scheduled one 60 minute massage for next time I get adjusted, which I'm excited for because I need a freaking massage. Like, I don't know about you. Like, I am for a spa day, like pampering of yourself, you know, doing something and considering how messed up my muscles get having you know, a massage you should at least ex experience a massage once lay on the table and have somebody just fucking work out all your knots. It's fantastic for me. I know a lot of, like some people don't like it. You don't necessarily like it all that much, right? Oh, I fucking hate it. Yeah. Okay. But you didn't know that until you tried. So you should at least give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Just go and give the massage a chance because you like you said you never know if you're going to like it or not and if you don't like it like i do not then you can mark that off your list and say it's not for me i'm done hmm. so uh yeah i just i can't relax enough to actually get some benefit out of it it's just painful it doesn't feel good whatever deep tissue massage shiatsu massage any of them. I've tried a couple of different ones when that was part of the company that I was with. They offered that. I tried it and yeah, there were people there that loved it. They couldn't wait for the day that the masseuse was in so that they can go and get their free massage. And after about a month of me trying different ones, I just stopped going. I'm like, well, why, why aren't you going back? Isn't this great? And I'm like, no, you like it. That's fine. Cool. You've got something that you like and it works for you. It doesn't work for me. I can't stand it. So I just stopped going. Okay. So that's one thing that you don't like. I love getting massaged because I just like laying there and having somebody else just work your body over. So, you know, like my muscles feel loose and, and I, I, I just feel like I can move. So, so I enjoy it. But if you had something that, if you were going to have a spa day, something that, you know, is just for you and, and, you know, what would be your Tony spa day? 
I would probably pickle myself in a hot tub for as long as I could humanly stand it because I like the heat. And at one point, I think this was at Gen Con many years ago. I went there and by myself went down to the hotel pool and they had a hot tub and I basically fell asleep on the side of it. It was awesome. I was on the side, nobody there. I'm here by myself, sit down. I do a couple of laps in the pool and I sit down in the hot tub and I just kind of close my eyes and I'm drifting. And when I wake up, there were like four other girls in the hot tub with me all fucking underage. So don't get any thoughts about it. But I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Um, your did, your shorts you were around your ankles and you know, <laughs> right. I was, I don't know what's happening to me here. This is dear, dear penthouse. You'll never believe what happened to me. Uh, but no, like I didn't know where they came from because I had zoned out completely just by kind of absorbing the heat. And I was like, holy, holy shit. And, uh, they make the noise and they're talking and everything. And I come to and they're like, I didn't even hear them come into the pool or into mm -hmm. the, the hot tub. So I'm like, okay, well, this is going to get weird very quickly. I'm out. So got up and I got out and went on my way. But if like, that's what you go for, for like a spa day is to just be so comfortable that you zone out, just put me in a hot tub and forget that I exist for like six hours. So your spa day would be, would consist of waking up, maybe having breakfast, maybe not, and then getting in a hot tub and staying there for an entire time. Yes, preferably surrounded by girls in bikinis of age, make it different <laughs> from what happened before. But yeah, that would be my spa day. Spectacular. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is an interesting take on the spa day. Yeah. I would, I, for me, it would be something uh, where I wake up, I get breakfast at some local place. There's a place in Sharpsburg. I don't know if it's still there because of COVID uh, that's called the Cafe on Main Street and they have amazing breakfast. And I would, I would go there for breakfast. And then after that, I would get like a 90 minute massage, just work my fucking back and my neck. And I mean, who doesn't like an ass massage, you know? I, well, obviously you don't, but yeah. The way that my muscles ache, it's like I feel it like from the lower part of my back to like my right like ass cheek and it just fucking hurts. And I'll be standing there and I feel it tense up just the muscles. So it's like just spending like 90 minutes getting rubbed down and getting those muscles just pounded out. That sounds great. And then I would get into a hot tub <laughs> and then to, to like to you know soothe my aches and pains and I, I have a drink as well uh tonight's episode is sponsored by hellcat maggie irish whiskey which there's not actual actually a real sponsor but this is what i'm drinking and i got this at the liquor store i it said hellcat maggie my niece's name is maggie and i'm like i'll finish this bottle and give it to her <laughs> there you go oh so, you can do you want to get good a little bit crafty Okay. So, I know I know your niece. The LED light in the bottle that you had mm -hmm. out on the porch for a long time. You can do something mm. like that because she's the type that would absolutely adore that. I should do something like that. Maybe I will. Brainstorming. We're coming up with ideas left and right. Flamethrowers yes. and uh, spa days and crafty liquor bottles. Um, so just uh, So I was reading the back of this bottle, Hellcat, Ma Hellcat Maggie. 
was a known criminal in Manhattan's Five Points District and a member of the notorious Dead Rabbits Gang. She was a fierce street fighter and actually filled her teeth and nails into points to better shred her opponent's skin. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. you've got to be pretty hardcore if you're going to start filing your teeth because that's painful. And if you file off the enamel, like there is a lifespan where Mm -hmm. now your teeth are going to cause you so much pain, you're going to want to pull them out with pliers. So kudos to Hellcat Maggie, because that's pretty hardcore if she hated people that much to go through that herself. Yes. And that segment was the more you know. (laughs) Right. Now, we have to do a little bit more research on what kind of person joins up with a gang called the Dead Rabbits. Because like that, that doesn't really inspire terror. That inspires more pity because you think roadkill, but whatever. Well, apparently Hellcat Maggie uh, was born in 1820 and lived to 1845. Uh, oh, so she was like 25 years old. Well, I guess yeah. filing the teeth down didn't matter because she wasn't old enough for it to actually affect her. Yeah. Claw-like brass fingernails. She fought alongs- alongside the dead rabbits and other five pointers. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, now you know. I see. And we're educating our audience. Yes. Yes, we are. Because who doesn't like education? (laughs) Besides Betsy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we don't get political here, but go vote. So I had a pretty good weekend. I don't know about you. Did you have a good weekend? It was back to back pool days for like hours at a time. And I got to listen to an old podcast between Rob Paulson and Mark Hamill. And Mark was regaling us with stories of uh, how he got on board with Batman, the animated series and became the Joker talked about his auditions and his work with the other stars that were there and had some entertaining anecdotes about uh, my favorite director of all time. You, you know, damn well who that is, uh, Mr. Star Wars. So, uh, which, which really kind of came as no surprise to me, but it was nice to hear somebody that was that close to the man provide that little bit of insight of, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like a good weekend. I, my weekend, um, I didn't do all that much, but Saturday went out and played some disc golf. Uh, we went to uh, Buell Park. We've, we've played there before, right? Yeah. You were there with us. Um, only played there a handful of times. But it's a nice course. It's in a public park. Uh, it's spread out pretty nicely. The only bad thing about it, I would say, is that, I mean, the course goes alongside the road and you have to watch for pedestrians. So that can be kind of a pain in the ass. But because we did have to wait like 10 minutes while all these people were walking past us so we can throw. Because we're not professionals. We make mistakes and accidentally hit people. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've never accidentally hit people in the back. Ever. Ever. (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) Sorry about that, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. You had no proof. You were facing the other direction. Yes. I just happened to be Um, on the team. Yeah. So we we ended up going. It was uh, me, uh, Jay, and a friend, Nick. And we were playing at Buell Park. And we pulled, walked up to hold number nine. We actually were walking straight to nine from seven. And Jay's like, isn't this the tee for the next hole? And we're like, uh, I guess so. So we kind of walk over and we do that hole. And then 
you know, we walk over to nine and we're walking up and it's, it's a, it's a nice straight shot, but there's all these trees there. So you have to kind of either go around it or try to like manage one of these lanes to get through and, you know, walk up and I'm like, ace run. Cause it's like not that long and there's some obstacles. So I was the first one off the tee. So I went, got my trusty pink firebird lined it up and threw it. And it felt really good leaving my hand and I'm just watching it. And I'm like, Oh, that looks really good. Oh, but that's going way long. It had such a nice line. It was just like, and it just went bing right in the fucking basket. And I got an ace and I was really freaking happy about that because I've gotten some aces, but most of them are at Shenley Knob Hill or Moraine. And so getting a different course out there, that felt good. I mean, so I, so total, I have 15 aces and this year has been kind of crazy for me because I would say my aim's gotten a lot better, but I've gotten more consistent. So since March 8th, I've gotten five aces, which is kind of pretty fucking, I mean, there's people who's been playing for years and haven't gotten one. Hey, that's me. Sorry. Don't mean to bring up bad topics, but you know, uh, but yeah, I whole our whole number 16 at knob this year with uh, a nuke straight up the fucking hill. Uh, it was, yeah. Um, another one at Moraine hole number three, I remember throwing it and it's like, Oh man, that looks good. That looks good. And it hit the tree and then jumped right in. <laughs> and then hole number seven at Shenley, I didn't even see it. It's, I heard like a ding in, in the background, but I'm like, okay, if you're going to go in, you're going to, you would think it would make a lot more noise. And it didn't make a ton of noise. It's just like a little ding, but walked up to the basket and noticed it was in. And so we got to the top of the hill. It's like, holy shit, did I just ace that? And then number 15 on knob, like a couple weeks ago. And then this one here uh, at Buell Park. So yeah, it's it's been nice. My first ace was in 2010. And uh, it's not like I've gotten a ton. I got like one or two here. But I mean, I went years without any. And then like this year, it's like, it just blew up and it feels really good. I mean, it makes me feel good about my game on how I've progressed this year. I mean, I think at the end, mid, mid end of last year, I, I started to get better. And this year, I don't know, I feel that my progress shows. I'm excited for that little experience this this year with with getting five aces. And I mean, I know the year's not over yet, so I can get more. You know, it's it's just nice. It's 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 nice. And I'm sorry that you've never gotten one. And and I hope that you start playing again sometime in the near future so you can experience that because it's a great feeling. I don't I don't actually know if there are any possible ace holes in the couple of courses that are nearby. Like I said, I've played down here a little bit. There are some courses that are just absolute trash that I'll never go back to, but there are other ones that are pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember, there might be two that could be ace runs if I get any semblance of proficiency with the disc again, which that's a fucking stretch to begin with. But yeah, that means I'd have to get off my ass to go out there and actually play, which is not very likely anytime in the near future. And then do that enough times, again, which is probably not realistic, to get better and not pull something and actually get the disc somewhere near the basket. 
all of those variables lined up pretty mean just not likely. But we, a boy can dream, right? <laughs> we, we just need to get you a disc golf friend, somebody you can go out, play with, have a beer, BS, and, and just enjoy being out in nature and hopefully not getting eaten by gators and, you know, and enjoying it. You know, considering you have the type of weather that you do all year round, you know, and especially at this point in time would be perfect to play. So you should really put yourself out there and, and, and do it because I really think that if you would get back into it, you would enjoy it and you would be thankful that you got back into it because it's exercise. And then when you're done, and, and this is another thing I was going to mention from the last topic that we were talking about is like, you, you don't have a hot tub, right? No. Why the fuck do you not have a hot tub? You have a pool. Get a fucking hot tub now. Put because it right I there. Can actually, I can actually crank up the heat on the pool to make it a hot tub if I really wanted to. <laughs> but there's not jets. No, it's not the same. Get a freaking yeah, hot tub. It's, it's not the same. Get a freaking hot tub. I want to get a hot tub. I I would love if if fucking money ever shined down on me, I would put in some French doors in my dining room and I would put a deck out that goes around to the door in the kitchen I and I would make that a little gazebo type enclosed so you can go and and have you know be in the hot tub during the winter and not worry about anything getting in but you know still be outdoors that's what I would love to do but anyway yeah so you should find <laughs> you should find a disc golf buddy that you can go and do that with and then buy a fucking hot tub so you can go and have hot tub parties and all that shit that sounds like a whole lot of work it's not work it's just like okay you have to decide okay i'm gonna spend this fucking money and get a hot tub and that's it (laughs) i'll just go and pick that off the money tree in the back yeah well i mean hey (laughs) if the government ever gets off its ass and gets us a fucking another stimulus check you got money right there there you go my government hot tub (laughs) yeah that and you should really get a plaque to put on the hot tub, government hot tub. Right, right. That would be fantastic. So another thing that I was doing today, while I was working, I had stuff on in the background. Uh, do you still watch Saturday Night Live at all? Not with any frequency, really. I kind of watch it like back episodes rather than watching the most recent mm-hmm. ones because I do like catching them when I can on Hulu. Like you said, in the background, I'm not really paying attention to them because even in the best of times, the best Saturday Night Live episodes still had absolute garbage for skits. They Mm -hmm. had really good ones, but that same episode would have really bad ones. There was never really a spectacular episode, regardless of who was hosting it. So watch the skits like on YouTube. I will go to my grave being an advocate for all of the all of Bill Hader's uh, Stefan skits for Weekend Update because those crack me up every time. Knowing yeah. what was going on during those and that Mulaney was ambushing him with shit that Bill Hader had never seen before seeing it live and had to say that to a live audience cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah, recent stuff, not so much. So I, I'm caught up with the last like couple seasons because... Like you said, it's on Hulu, and so I watch it on there. And it's nice that as soon as it airs, the next day it's on, so you know you can watch it, whatever. I I don't know why, but well, this season, I mean, there's only three episodes in, and 
I mean, of course you have the political stuff that's, that's funny. And for the most part, there has been funny stuff so far this year. And I don't necessarily care for the musical guests so far. I mean, Jack White was, was one of them. And I, I, I just never really got into him. So I watched, watched the show and then it's over. And there's the thing when you're watching the show and then they have that the host at the end of the show, the host gets up and is like, I'd like to say thanks to the cast crew, blah, 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 my mom, blah, 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 whatever. And they start playing that music. And I don't know what it is, but every time that music comes on, like it gives me the emotion of sadness because it's like, it's over. And I don't necessarily want it to be over. And it's, it's not like I necessarily want to sit here and watch it to begin with. But when I hear that song, I can't help but to get sad because it's like, it's, I have this feeling of loss. Like these people were in my life and now they're gone. And I know that they're going to be back next week, but I have that distinct feeling of loss every time I hear that song. Cause it's like, I don't know. Do you have anything like that with music whatsoever with like shows or anything? Cause another one for me that gives, that brings out a ton of emotion for me is the music and especially the opening theme or whatever for Band of Brothers, that the music for that always got to me. And it, it, it's like gut crunching. It just, I don't know. I, I think they encapsulated all the emotion that went through with the war and the things that the, stol- the soldiers had to go through. And to me, that music just gets it. And it gives that, it gives me that feeling. So, so there's some things out there that I can hear and, you know, gives me these types of emotions. Uh, so is there anything like show-wise or whatever that, you know, that you get a feeling like, like any types of feeling, emotion, whatever from? Oh, absolutely. So most recently, because I'm going through it again, Community, the opening music for Community gets me super excited because I yes. adore everything about that show. Even just this year, this is like number four of mm-hmm. the entire series because I lo- like I said, I love everything about that. So hearing that going on, I I'm on board. There was a specific song from lemon jelly. I think that was the name of the band. It was for spaced. Yes. That's another song. Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like for the very end of the series, that song starts to play and the montage that goes on behind it is like, everything's going to be okay. Like they've gone through all of the trials and tribulations and this is it. Like this is the end of the series and uh, the Staunton lick. I knew yes, it. I was... it. It takes a while for me to remember them, but the Staunton lick by lemon jelly is one of those songs that I associate with. Holy shit. Everything was bad. And then suddenly it's good and everything is going to be okay. There was I, will, one... I, I will agree with you with the Staunton lick from lemon jelly from space whenever we we watched that show and that came on and it, I was so sad it was over yeah you know but at the same time I had so much hope that anything could happen and and like it was going to be positive the feeling I got from from that song in that show from those characters and everything that's that's the emotion that it gave me was hope yeah because so. those last couple of scenes are like they're uplifting and things mm-hmm. are promising again for these <laughs> Fucking, fucking misfits yes higher series of just being goofy and yeah it was like the sky's the limit now and it was the mm-hmm. perfect kind of ending song yeah it, it was done really well edgar wright he's a fucking fantastic director editor whatever you know i i love the shit that he does because it's like he's in my head 
you know i, I kind of feel that his directing style is like what i wanted to do <laughs> yeah, like I if mean, i was successful i'd be edgar wright people toss around the term genius way too sarcastically like oh he's mm -hmm. either unwarranted or sarcastically and the same goes for like artiste if somebody uses instead of artist oh he's an artiste you've got to pay close attention to the context because usually it's belittlement or mm -hmm. condescension that comes along with there because who's who's an artiste who's an actual real genius not a stable genius an actual real genius mm -hmm. edgar wright is both of those like yes everything that guy has done it's art that he puts together it's not just cinema and i i know i sound pretentious when i'm saying yeah. this but i stand by it edgar wright puts together incredibly entertaining art with multiple layers and such an attention to detail mm -hmm. i can't imagine being that careful in something that i put together for the public to consume and he does that like on a regular basis everything he does is so meticulously put together it blows me away like that yeah. is another level of talent and understanding and appreciation that that guy has for everything he does i i agree like i said he's a genius he really is like i said music is a big part of my life and i get so much from it so i i don't know i was watching you know saturday night live and that song came on and it gave me so much emotion like you know sadness and everything that there's so much out there that does that for me in so many different ways. And it is art, you know, and it's amazing that, you know, you can, somebody else's art can inspire so many other emotions. It's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, That's, let, let me, let me Brita this up a little bit because. Wait, put, put some mustard on your face. Yeah. First. Put some mustard on your face. <laughs> Listen to my words. Uh, Cause I'm a psych major. Um, yes. <laughs> That music hasn't changed in like 45 years. It's no. the same ending music that was there with like Gilda Radner and John, John Belushi and Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Like that crew, it's the same ending music. And it can bring back, again, nostalgia. Nostalgia is what we're all about here. Yes. Going back to like either staying up late on Saturday evenings at your parents' place, watching it with them, not understanding half of the stuff that was going on because it's an adult comedy show. But still, there are some very funny things that as a kid, you catch the uh, slapstick humor. So the nostalgia of staying up late when you're not supposed to stay up late, but it's mm -hmm. parents sanctioning you staying up late, seeing some of those really entertaining actors doing this stuff. They, they've all scattered to the four winds. They're not, some of them have pulled behind the camera. They're not in the limelight anymore. Some of them, you know, they go on to very successful partnerships with other things, mm -hmm. but, uh, or they guest star on like Brooklyn Nine-Nine because the Saturday Night Live alumni is strong with that one. But yeah, there's, there is that heavy, heavy nostalgia when that music stays the same. It's like Cheers, you know, the Cheers opening sequence that has been consistent through everything. So you associate all of the feelings that you had with that long run of cheers. And like you said, you watched it recently from beginning to end. Yes. And you had watched it when you were a kid as well. Saturday Night Live is the same way. That music stays the same. You get a flood of 25 years worth of sporadic watches all flooding into your head at once, having that sense of loss, not just that that episode is going away, 
but like that's all stored nostalgia as well that kind of yeah. all comes rushing back and it's just a flood of emotions like you said and then it's over and the next advertisement comes on and you forget about it until the next week because they're going to be there and at the end of that what 12 30 whenever saturday night live actually ends one o'clock or so that music is going to play again yeah it made me think about other things too like i remember growing up and for our vacation we'd go up to our grandparents trailer up in Pima tuning and i would spend most of my vacations up there because my dad didn't really i'm throwing pens my dad didn't really believe on going on family vacations that weren't your family's camp so I spent a lot of time up there and I loved it up there, even though you get bored at times, you know, cause you're a kid and you want to do things and you know, there's not much to do. There's lots of fields and there's cows and whatever. So I remember when we would go up there and when there would be like a full house of people up there and, and kids and everything, the kids would sleep on the floor and usually in the living room, there's like an air mattress or, or something that we would have. And I remember that, when we're ready for bed, we'd all like, you know, you know, laying down and we'd sit there and watch David Letterman. And like I said, all the emotions, you know, from back then and, and spending time with my grandparents who are no longer here and, and seeing family just because times change so much. And it's like now all my cousins are basically married with kids and, you know, and everyone's spread out, spread out except for my family who lives on one fucking block in Baldwin. So yeah, it's, it just brings up a lot of, you know, nostalgia memories, just, you know, your childhood and, and, you know, just instances that went on in your life. And so that's, uh, it was just nice, which brings me to another thing. When you get a house or an apartment or something and you envision how you want that place to be, like little things that you want to do, whatever. And I've been in this house since 2015 and I love it. I love it very much. But one of the uh, things that I only started making this mine this, this year, really, you know, I, I've only started putting in the, the work to, to make this different than it was, how I received it and put my stamp on it. When I always envisioned having a house, I wanted a high dining room table, you know, like uh, a counter table, you know, something that's higher that you have, you know, somewhat bar stools that you sit on and everything. I always wanted one of those things. The table that I had is very low to the ground. <laughs> so being six foot two, you don't want to sit at a table where you're like four foot off the ground. You know, I want to, or three foot off the ground, you know, I want to be higher. So I was able to get a new dining room table and the difference in my everyday enjoyment in my house has changed because now this place feels more like how I want it, how I, how I envisioned it. Like it's my stamp. So now I have a place to physically sit at a table and do my work for work because before I would sit so low and it was uncomfortable and I just, I, it didn't feel right to me. I, I never liked sitting low and all, even like my desk that I had was a freaking like drafting desk that was higher. I, I just like sitting higher. So having this, it's just so much nicer and homey and just, it's amazing that a little piece of furniture can just change your outlook and the way you view your house and, and your happiness. 
So now like I've spent a lot more time sitting at the dining room table, enjoying doing my job, which no one enjoys doing their job, but I'm doing it on a table that I paid my hard earned money for. I made money to get this table and now I'm enjoying it. And it's nice and it's thick and it's just, it's, it's just great table. I love it. I can't wait to have people over so we can have cocktail hour. That's what I would love to do. I want to have a cocktail hour where everybody makes their own signature drink and you make enough that everybody can have a, a taste and then we can just share and talk about it and BS about whatever's on our mind. That's what I want to do. Where was I? You were proud of finally adulting and having a table that was yours rather than just ones that either came with the house or was passed down to you. Like you yeah. were able to make a choice and get what you wanted and it had drastically improved your outlook on being a wage slave. Yes. Yeah, no one likes doing their, no one likes working, but I don't mind sitting here at my table and getting stuff done. It just, it makes things a lot easier for me and I feel much happier. And so, yes, things can make you happy. That's the point. Oh, absolutely. I like personalizing the house to make it my own and make it feel like the life that I want. I know that they say dream big, but having a fucking new dining room table that's countertop high, you know, if that's if that's as high as I dream, then so be it. That's but right. at least I'm doing it at this beautiful table. I get to enjoy my beverages and whatever else. So you're doing it on your own terms. Yes, I am. But I mean, there's other things that I think about when it comes to products and whatever. And sometimes I get into a brand and then I'm, I'm very brand loyal. So I got into Apple. I, I was a big, I was, I was a big, you know, build your own type of PC kind of guy. And then I eventually got into doing graphics and other things. And I was like, okay, well I want a Mac. So I got a Mac and I, I subscribe to that ecosystem for the most part. Cause I have all the Apple products and then there's other things that I, I like the North Face. So like, I don't go buy Columbia. I buy the North Face apparel. And I only go to the um, outlets because I'm not spending, you know, $300 on something that should cost me like 60 bucks. And, but the thing is like, when it comes to Apple, there's shit's more expensive. Their customer service is a little bit better for the most part. So you do pay for it in some way, shape or form. And there's the whole development, all that bullshit, whatever. But Microsoft, I'm an Xbox guy. You know, I've been an Xbox guy since the original Xbox. You know, I had the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4, but I've always played mostly everything on the Xbox. I don't, there was only like two games I wanted from the PlayStation. Uh, like jeans, Levi's. I like Levi's jeans. I don't like Wrangler. I don't like any of the other companies. But I find myself getting into some things like like right now, I kind of like the Yeti cups. I have two of them. And it's just like, they do stuff with different colors and like seasonal stuff. And it's just like, oh man, I really don't want to get involved in all this shit. Cause like, I, I don't want to be like, oh my God, fucking Yeti's releasing a new cup at like, you know, and it's going to be seafoam green, you know, like I need to have this. It's like, I don't want to get like that. But these fucking companies make some decent products that I end up liking. I don't know. Do you have any products that you're like really into? No, no. In you're... fact, 
I have, I've actively avoided a lot of those kind of things where I know I can get into a little bit of an addictive personality and go full bore into something. Things that I have actively avoided, like purchasing for myself that I know other people go full bore in on, like the Funko Pops, they come out with those things at the rate of about 40 every three minutes. And depending on which fandom you're in, or even things you don't care about, there is that Pokemon gotta catch them all kind of fever with them. Yeah. And they absolutely capitalize on that kind of stuff. I'm sure there are modern day stories of the Moss Eisley Cantina bullshit that went on where figurines that were cut from the actual movie, they had a small, like Kenner had a figure of them. And now they're collector's items because that alien never appeared in the show, but it was branded as Star Wars. So everybody had to have it. Yeah. Funko does the same kind of thing, like minor characters for a show that this character appeared once, or this major character had a costume change. And this is the costume change as a Funko pop. They'll put that out there because they know people will buy it. I can't get involved in that. I do have a couple of them. Every single one that I have has been purchased for me by someone else. Someone either at work or uh, my sister and brother-in-law bought me a couple of things based on the things that I liked. But dude, I went through the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man, G.I. Joe, like Transformers. Buy every last one that I can get my hands on, even if they were minor characters that never had an actual episode, I had them. I can't go back to that. Now I have the money to do so, but I'm not going to. Okay, well, I don't know about you. Do you have anything else you want to you want to chat about? I got nothing. 25, hooray. Yeah. Quarter of a hundred of these. This is just about six months worth of podcasts on a weekly basis hmm. for our 18 listeners. We have 18 listeners? Uh, I think so. It fluctuates between like 15 and 18. Oh, I, I really? choose to be an optimist and say that there's probably 18 that are actually listening. Oh, well, thank you, friends and family, for supporting us. Yeah, thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> is your mom listening? No, no. I don't. I don't think she knows what a podcast is. Well, maybe she wants to know what our little boy is doing. <laughs> yeah, she'd love. She'd love all of the uh, vulgarity that's coming out of this stupid ass mouth. She's well, like, then she. I raised him so much better than that. Just, it would just be like, man, I thought Andy was a nice guy and a good influence. Apparently, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. They're they're both going to hell. Yeah. So from me to you and to all of our 15 to 18 listeners, I want to say thank you again and have a good weekend. And to all a good night.